not to the memory, but to the essence of J.D. Salinger, and I offer it here again to anyone who wishes to honor the author now or at any time in the years to come. Read, explore, whether for the first time or twentieth, The Catcher in the Rye. Read nine stories, Franny and Zoe, Raise High the Roof Beam, and Seymour. Re-experience Salinger's works in tribute to the author who is so deeply embedded within them. Salinger the man may be gone, and for that the world is an emptier place, but he will always live within the pages he created, and through his art remain as vital today and tomorrow as when he walked the boulevards of New York and strolled the woods of New Hampshire. Kenneth Slowensky, March 2010. Chapter 1. Sunny. The Great War had changed everything. As 1919 dawned, people awoke to a fresh new world, one filled with promise but uncertainty. Old ways of life, beliefs and assumptions unchallenged for decades, were now called into question or swept away. The guns had fallen silent only weeks before. The old world now lay in ruins. In its place stood a new nation poised to assume the mantle of leadership. No place in that land was more anxious or more ready than the city of New York. It was the first day of the first year of peace when Miriam Jillick Salinger gave birth to a son. His sister, Doris, had been born six years before. In the years since Doris's birth, Miriam had suffered a series of miscarriages. This child, too, was almost lost. So it was with a mixture of joy and relief that Miriam and Solomon Salinger welcomed their son into the world. They named him Jerome David, but from the very first day they called him Sonny. Sonny was born into a middle-class Jewish family that was both unconventional and ambitious. The Salinger line reached back to the village of Sudargas, a tiny Jewish settlement, or shtetl, situated on the Polish-Lithuanian border of the Russian Empire, a village where, records show, the family had lived at least since 1831. But the Salingers weren't given to tradition or nostalgia. By the time Sonny was born, their link to that world had nearly evaporated. Sonny's father was robust and motivated, determined to go his own way in life. Typical of the sons of immigrants, he'd resolved to free himself of any connection with the world of his parents' birth, a place he considered backward. Unknown to Solomon at the time, his rebellion was actually a family tradition. The Salingers had gone their own way for generations, seldom looking back and growing increasingly prosperous with each step. As Sonny would one day reflect, his ancestors had an amazing penchant for diving from immense heights into small containers of water and hitting their mark every time. Hyman Joseph Salinger, Sonny's great-grandfather, had moved from Sadargas to the more prosperous town of Talragay in order to marry into a prominent family. 
Through his writings, J.D. Salinger later immortalized his great-grandfather as the clown Zozo, honoring him as the family patriarch and confiding that he felt his great-grandfather's spirit always watched over him. Hyman Joseph remained in Russia all his life and died nine years before the birth of his great-grandson. Salinger knew of him only through a photograph, an image that offered a glimpse into another world. It depicted an elderly peasant brimming with nobility, erect in his long black gown and flowing white beard, and sporting a tremendous nose, a feature that Salinger confessed made him shudder with apprehension. Sonny's grandfather, Simon F. Salinger, was also ambitious. In 1881, a year of famine, though not in Tauragay itself, he left home and family and immigrated to the United States.